0: brothers and sisters, this evening we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany. What is this all about? Well, we know the Magi, the three wise men, they've shown up, okay? And uh, the Epiphany is really a kind of almost a restatement of the theme of Christmas, okay? Except this time it focuses on the manifestation of Christ's the uncovering, or the appearance, or the uncovering of Christ to the nations, and there's a real emphasis on the idea of light, of illumination, of actually mental illumination. Okay, so that's it's sort of Christmas, but just maybe like a little different uh, approach to Christmas, and uh, the three magi. There's really a lot to them historically what we could say, but the kind of the short and skinny of it is, is that they're the ancient equivalent of a scientist. Okay? They're the ancient equivalent of the scientists. And so I can imagine these guys, you know, they are all about uncovering. And that's what epiphany means. It means uncovering or discovering. They're all about discovery. They're all about inquiry. Okay, they got that scientific mind. They're focused on whatever it is that they're looking for, and they probably have now. We're familiar with the use of the word epiphany in a kind of a little sense, right? Oh, I had epiphany the other day. I mean, you had this kind of intellectual insight. Suddenly, something occurs to you, and now you understand something more deeply. Okay, I can imagine the magi throughout the course of their lives and the course of their scientific investigations. They have many different epiphanies, but then they have this great epiphany that takes place, the epiphany of God made man, born in Bethlehem. And uh, I think of, you know, with the ancient scientists, I think of, there's a famous story, uh, um, we have the word, you never hear the word Eureka, oh, Eureka, I had a Eureka moment, okay, that, that traces back to an ancient Greek scientist by the name of Archimedes, and uh, maybe some of you have heard this story, but he was basically taking a bath. He was in a bathtub, okay, and he was in his birthday suit taking taking a bath, and suddenly this, you know, epiphany took place, it happened. He just had this insight, a scientific insight, and he said, oh, Eureka, which is a Greek word, which means I found it, I discovered it, Okay. I've uncovered it. And he was so excited he got out of his bathtub and he started running down the streets of Athens in his birthday suit. Okay? So that's so. You see, you see these guys are kind of geeks, but they're lovable geeks. <laughs> they're totally, totally focused, you know? It's something, what, what is enduring about the lovable geek is they're totally, they can be completely focused on something. Totally, totally focused on what it is that they're looking into, that they're inquiring into. And so we see that's the kind of single-minded uh, dedication in the Magi. But now, in relation to Christ. Okay, they've set aside everything. No, they've spared no expense. No sacrifice is too great for them. They're going to head out from a long distance, and they're going to travel, and they're going to find this newborn king of the Jews. Just recently, I decided to start watching on YouTube uh old reruns of Carl Sagan's the Co- uh, Cosmos does anybody remember Carl Sagan's Cosmos okay shows on PBS okay now i was only 3 years old when it first aired in 1980 okay but it it replayed so many times it's the most played PBS special ever okay it played all throughout the 80s so i do remember and it's kind of iconic Um, you know, sort of an icon of science and scientific discovery, okay, and uh, mysteries of the universe being uncovered by astrophysicists and whatnot. Carl Sagan's this heroic guy, you know, he's going to go and he's going to uncover the mysteries of the universe for us all, okay. And uh, you you do see some of that single-minded, it's very admirable, that single-minded devotion of the scientific mind in Carl Sagan, and and, and he's very brilliant from an educational perspective, okay? The way that he laid everything out is very, very good educationally. He did a good job, very admirable. And you see that kind of admirable scientific uh, mindset. But in addition to something that's admirable, you do see as well a kind of, what I would refer to as a kind of a mythology A mythology of the great scientists. And uh, he's all about his own personal epiphanies. Okay? He's all about his own personal uncoverings and discoveries. He's he's gonna face this immense universe that is completely black and dark and empty. And he's gonna do it all alone. You see, without the help of any of without the help of God. He's gonna do it all alone. Okay, and he's gonna dive in to the universe and discover and conquer. Okay, where did this come from? Space. The final frontier. (laughs) These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. You see. It's a kind of a mythology. Alright? This lonely explorer, the scientific mind is gonna jump out there into the darkness, you know. Now, because Carl Sagan is a good scientist, it doesn't mean that he's a good philosopher. Okay? Or a good historian. Alright? And so, as I, as I watch this series of, of Cosmos, you know, he makes certain claims, he, he sort of, he uh, designs his review of history in such a way as to favor his particular worldview, which is very materialistic and, and kind of anti-religious. It's subtle, but it's there, okay? And one of the things he says when he's talking about uh, Johannes Kepler, very important uh, cosmologist, very important scientist from the 16th or 17th century, and as well as Isaac Newton, he says, that Kepler and Newton, they discovered, their ultimate discovery, their ultimate scientific discovery, was that there is a harmony between the cosmos and the human mind. Okay, now first of all, there's a philosophical mistake there, because the amazing and uncanny match between the human intelligence and the cosmos is not something that science can prove. Rather, it's something that science must philosophically presuppose for it to even get off the ground or to do anything. Okay? So that's a kind of a philosophical mistake that he makes. Number one. Number two, he jumps over the Middle Ages. And it was really the Catholic philosophers and scholastics of the Middle Ages that spoke extensively about this idea. And they used a specific Latin term. They said, they talked about the adequatio intellectus abrem, which means that the human mind is perfectly fitted to understand the universe or the cosmos. That's something quite startling. First of all, that the universe itself could be understood, it that's that's an amazing thing and secondly that the human mind could actually understand it is equipped to understand it that's an amazing thing too and what that implies is that there is a greater mind greater than the human mind and greater even than the cosmos that made the cosmos and the human mind able to fit together so that we could actually, could be understood and we could understand it. That's an amazing, amazing thing. So there is a mind, and uh, moreover, you know, Carl Sagan goes on, and, you know, the, the title of Cosmos is A Personal Voyage. Okay, A Personal Voyage. My brothers and sisters, that which is personal cannot just spontaneously... Come about from the non-personal. Okay? The personal presupposes a transcendent person. And our intelligence presupposes an intelligence that goes beyond the cosmos. That's greater than the cosmos. There is a mind and there is a who, not a what, but a who greater than the cosmos. As great as the cosmos is. Much greater is this mind and this personal intelligence that created the cosmos. And if Carl Sagan could go back and have a conversation with our, with our Magi, now the Magi didn't have the benefit of modern science. Nonetheless, nonetheless, My bet would be that their natural gifts were probably greater than Carl Sagan's as far as their genetic endowment of intelligence. Moreover, in terms of their well-rounded learning, they probably exceeded even someone as, as smart as Carl Sagan. And Carl Sagan would have something to learn from these men because they understood that in all of their searching and all of their seeking to uncover, to discover, and all of their desire for these little epiphanies, there was someone much greater than them who was searching for them. There was someone who was much wiser than them. There was an epiphany that they weren't responsible for, an epiphany that involved God of his own accord, out of his own wisdom and out of his own love for us, uncovering himself, discovering himself, unveiling himself, revealing himself to us. And in this great cosmic drama, the real hero is not Captain Kirk, sorry. The real hero is Jesus. Jesus who looks out into the darkness, not of space, but of the darkness of human sin, the emptiness and the loneliness and the desert that our sin has created in this world. And he jumps into it, all by himself, like a discoverer, like a great conqueror. And out of love for us, he faces that darkness and he brings the light of his love and his truth into the outer space and the great expanse and the great desert of our darkness and our sin. He goes to the cross for us. And moreover, we start to understand we are heroes. We become heroes. Not by facing the world all by ourselves, but we become heroes in the one who is the true hero, that is Christ. When by his power... We have the courage to honestly face the darkness of our own heart. To honestly face the darkness of our own sin. To look at the world ravaged by sin. And yet to persevere in that journey of faith. Knowing that God is in control despite all the bad things that take place in the world. My brothers and sisters, this is the true epiphany. This is the true epiphany. Like the Magi, let's realize the true epiphany has already taken place. And what has been discovered is not a something like the cosmos or a new planet, but a someone. Not the cosmos, but the supreme personal mind that made the cosmos. He's the true voyager who has sought us out and has appeared to us as light in the darkness of sin. My brothers and sisters, come and let's join the Magi today on this Feast of the Epiphany. Let's fall down and adore him.